Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically, on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you, because Reed is definitely his own man, with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy listeners from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Wow. What's going on out there? It is absolutely a tempest, a tumult, a tornado of news. Some of it good, but not a lot of it. We're going to be going over today, of course, the rant story and the founder's quote. I'm going to share a little philosophy with you, kind of macro economic macro global philosophy which you can take or leave act on not act on interpret and maneuver in your mind however you wish i'm just going to share some thoughts we're going to go over the next installment of the elites plan to depopulate the planet and control population this will be i believe the third installment in this historical story we're going to go over their Top 10, actually top 11, if you count the economy, methods for reducing the number of humans on Earth, controlling the humans that remain, and making sure that we don't repopulate. Yes, I know you think it's kind of crazy, but you know, over the last two weeks, I've reviewed the actual government documents, which have been declassified, and this conspiracy theory is not only not a conspiracy theory, it's absolute fact. In the government's own words, over the last two weeks on the rightsideradio.com. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it on the podcast, which you can get anytime you wish. I'm going to go over some more stuff on the bricks and the Silk Road. I've been doing that every week for about six, seven weeks now. I brought you the history of the BRICS country and the history of the Silk Road about two months ago. You should listen to those shows. All these things directly. I don't mean indirectly. I don't mean tangentially. I don't mean existentially. I mean directly affect your life, your security, your freedoms, your family, and your future. May I strongly suggest you get acquainted with them and you follow them. And it doesn't seem that there's very many people bringing you this information. I wonder why. I'm going to have some great videos for you. They're going to go along with what I've been telling you for the last, oh, two or three months, history of bricks, etc., I'll tell you where to find them on the website, on the rightsideradio.com. They are really worth listening to. More on that when we get to that segment. And then, of course, we're going to have rat-a-tat-tat. Oh, boy. I got some things that will set your hair on fire. Trust me. And, of course, at the end of our next installment of historical background on depopulation, population control, and shall we say, making sure the population does not multiply in the future. I'll tell you the rest of the story. So first of all, our founder's quote, Thomas Jefferson. You know, this is really on point for the information I've been bringing you, particularly over, well, years, but the last several months, bricks, Silk Road, United States government corruption, dollar, etc. Quote, I think myself we have more machinery of government than is necessary. Too many parasites living on the labor of the industrious. Government big enough to supply everything you need is big enough to take everything you have. The course of history shows that as 
as government grows, liberty decreases. The two enemies of the people are criminals and government. So let us tie the second down with the chains of the Constitution, so the second will not become the legalized version of the first, unquote. I almost feel like repeating that quote. It is so prescient. It is so on point for what is going on today really around the globe, but particularly here in these United States. And the ranch story. A little hope in the ranch story, which you might need a dose of after this show is completed. So I told you all several months ago that folks we had been working with had a kind of change in staff and personnel, and uh, we were working kind of on a different program on hay. And I brought you up to speed on a subsequent rant story that, oh, shall we say the person who first stepped into the position of helping us out with hay, well, the job was deficient. How's that? I'll just leave it at that. And both those circumstances were predicated on paying the folks, because we do a lot of the work ourselves, who were doing certain increments. You know, you have all sorts of things that go on when you do a hay operation uh, on a ranch. You have, obviously, the seeding, the irrigation, the cultivation, if you're reworking a field. And then you have the swathing, where you cut the hay. And then you have the drying period and watching it. And then you have the raking period, where you rake it into larger, more condensed windrows. And then you have baling. And then you have moving them off the field to get water on it for the second cutting or fall feed. And you have the stacking process. And then, of course, finally, you have whatever you're selling, the loading process for your buyers. So it's it's kind of a drawn-out process. And there's lots of little things within those major ingredients that I'm not going to go over because we don't have time, although fascinating. Anyway, the first, the way we've always done it is kind of a share crop. You know, we do a lot of the work ourselves. Some specific instances of this, we bring in neighbors or we bring in others and we trade them hay for the work. And, you know, hay percentages on this type of work can depend on how much they're doing and when they're doing and all sorts of other factors. But basically, it's quite a bit of hay. I mean, it's a pretty good percentage chunk of the hay harvest. And that's how we were going for many years. And that's how we were going in this kind of transition period to new folks helping us out. Well, this first guy did such a, you know, questionable job. And we cut him off about halfway through the process. And we decided, you know what, we're going to do more of this ourselves. And we're just going to hire somebody that we know who's trustworthy, who knows hay. And we're going to hire them. And we're just going to write them a check. And then we're going to have more hay available to sell. And we'll see how all that works out. And the numbers seem to look good. And I'm here to tell you that despite the brain damage of the last year and a half and getting the operation kind of turned 180 degrees to a whole different approach, it's worked out great. We have about 90% more hay to sell. And the revenues from that hay are many times what we are paying a specific contractor now, not a crop share type neighbor, etc., etc. deal to sell. And the moral of this story is... As bleak as things look, as dark as the day may be, as much angst as a situation is occurring or is precipitating in your life, it can turn by using your head, by using perseverance, by never saying never, and it can come out even better than it was before, despite the dark period in between. Keep that in mind as we go through today's show. And there's additional 
morals in this story too, right? A little common sense logic. Think outside the box. Don't stick with the tried and true if you're running into impediments, obstacles, and things that just no longer work. Get out of your normalcy bias. Don't follow the herd. Just because everybody else is doing does not mean it's best for you or the right thing to do. So last week I brought you a bunch of quotes. Remember, the links to these actual government documents and the government documents containing the just eye-popping, I mean jaw-dropping quotes out of these documents that I've brought you over the last several weeks are on the rightsideradio.com, upper right homepage, see the link, click on it, read them. Don't take my word for it, take the government's own word for it. You know, that conspiracy theory that isn't. So when we left off last week, we were talking about the top 10, and I'm going to add one more to the economy. 11. Methods that the government is employing through these very documents, by the way, spelled out. And it gets worse than that. I'll be going over that with you next week on what they are employing, the methodology they are employing on a big picture level to control population numbers, control population that's remaining, and depopulation. First of all, let's talk about, and I promised you the details this week. Here we go. Targeted sterilization, number one. So, you know, throughout history and still today, people have used the philosophy of eugenics. You know, the best of the best, get rid of the old, get rid of the sick, get rid of the impoverished, just have the super race to, uh, quote unquote, improve the human population by deciding the elites who should be allowed to have children and who shouldn't. And by the way, this is often meant throughout history, sterilizing the sick or the poor or the old. Well, you don't sterilize them, you just knock them off. So there are admitted cases of targeted sterilization, including 33 states in the United States of America from the 1930s to the 1980s. In fact, in the case of North Carolina, they even apologized and established a special justice court for sterilization victims and a foundation that was in 2010, that's really not too long ago, to compensate victims. Other examples in history, Nazi Germany, China, certain countries in South America, Philippines, and of course in Africa, mostly thanks to Bill Gates and the UN. In China, they even got to the point, which they're now desperately trying to reverse since their population is both aging and declining, not good for the country that wants to be the number one in the world. The one-child policy. Yeah, you could have one kid. The ultimate goal, though, in this population regimen is self-population control, where they use PSYOPs. Listen to my historical series on PSYOPs on the rightsideradio.com, right in the search bar, where they use PSYOPs to convince you that it has nothing to do with population control, that it has to do with health rights and female reproductive rights and whatever nonsense they conjure up in their little think tanks and then blast out through a complicit and corrupt media. Can we spell the word abortion? The ultimate is self-administered population reduction methods, folks. That's the easiest, cleanest way for the elites in the governments around the world to accomplish their ends, to let you just do it to yourself. By the way, many of the sterilization ploys throughout history are in some way, shape, or form directed at specific races, the Jews in Germany, blacks in Africa, Asians in certain Eurasian countries. The second method is, believe it or not, wars. I mean, that's pretty easy. You kill a whole bunch of people one time, and you accomplish other ends too. It's like, you know, the killing the birds with killing more than one bird with one stone. 
So wars have the obvious effect of reducing human population. But what's probably not so obvious, but we're going to talk a little bit about today in the rat-a-tat-tat, is the benefit, you know, the profit motive, the power motive, that comes to international bankers and shadow banks in today's day and age, you know, BlackRock, Vanguard, who fund both sides of wars through central banks. Basically, wars kill off people, which they think is really a good thing, and of course reduce that future population from those that have died, and enrich the war profiteers. The third employed method, no cures for diseases. Well, look, if after COVID you have full faith in the medical profession, if you have full faith in the government medical agencies, the CDC, the NIH, corrupt as can be, I've brought you the stories, 50% funded by Big Pharma. That's right, 50% funded by Big Pharma. Those are the government agencies whose people get royalties on getting certain drugs sold. I've brought you those stories too. And who then get government funds to dole out the hospitals to carry out the sale of certain drugs, even drugs like remdesivir, which every other country in the world has outlawed and which has a 53%, shall we say, material adverse effect on its patients, then I'm going to ask you if you believe that there are diseases out there in humankind, like cancer, that really don't have a cure. Or would they rather sell you, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars worth of radiation, chemotherapy, scans, hormone drugs? Uh, you know, I can go down the list. And now there's talk about replacing human doctors with artificial intelligence. Oh, well, that will certainly help us live long, happy, healthy lives and reproduce, won't it? Particularly if the AI is programmed by the elites who want to see just the opposite. You may have noticed during COVID with doctors Zelensky and McCullough and Panda, and I mean, it's a long list, in many countries, how doctors who really wanted to help people, they want to be real doctors. They want to maintain that doctor-patient privilege, and they want to go by the first rule of the Hippocratic Oath, which is do no harm. And I told you last week, there are 2,500 doctors in the United States which is a pretty good chunk of doctors, who've gotten half a million or more from Big Pharma in the last year or so for pushing those drugs. You know, you have to take a drug if you can't be cured. And any doctor who tried to be a real doctor during the COVID situation, this is what really brought this out in the open. They tried to drum them out of the profession. They tried to discredit them. The fact is, there are cures for many human diseases, which they are simply not sharing with us. Because they can charge you X for the cure, but they can charge you 10X for not curing you and treating you with a plethora of drugs, none of which are good for you, over a long period of time. It's kind of like a built-in clientele. And of course, (laughs) in the end, you don't make it. The third preferred method of the elites hell-bent on population control is sexually transmitted diseases. Oh, you scratch your head and go, what is he talking about? Think about HIV. There's more and more evidence coming to light that HIV was kind of engineered, maybe a gain-of-function thing, kind of like COVID. You know, another conspiracy that has been proven to be 110% correct. Not only that, the United States funded it through our friend Tricky Tony Fraudulent Fauci and the NIH with our enemy Red China in a Red Army Chinese lab in Wuhan. And of course, I've told you the stories about the Ukrainian bioweapons labs. And in the rat-a-tat-tat, I'm going to have a story about yet more bioweapons labs that have now been discovered in, oh, 
jolly old England. Yes, the western countries rocking and rolling on that population control. You know, once again, these STDs like HIV and others, they accomplish two ends. Number one, you know, they decrease population. And number two, they create a lot of drug-dependent folks who buy stuff from big pharma, through which government agencies get funded and government agents get royalties. The main goal of STDs was to discourage pregnancies and once again to create self-inflicted, self-inflicted folks, population control, which is a lot easier and a lot more efficient than forced population control. The next preferred population control mechanism, environmental manipulation. Think about all the pesticides and chemical agents in the air. Think about what they are doing to try and influence quote-unquote climate change and other psyops. Think about what I have brought to you about weather manipulation. Listen to those historical stories and the video that accompanies them, the dimming. Think about those contrails in the sky. Those are planes dropping particles, folks. Nanoparticles. They are not vapor. Jet engines don't give out vapor trails. Think about all the stuff they are slapping on vegetables and produce. You name it. Think about the nonsense, the nastiness they are injecting livestock with. You know, edible livestock cows and chickens and pigs. There is mounting evidence, never mind, by the way, the genetically modified organisms are starting to insert in food in the food chain. There is mounting evidence, I don't have time to go into it today, it might be a future historical series, that all these chemical agents in the air and in the water and in the food cause cancers, asthma, allergies, and a host of other sicknesses, including autoimmune diseases. And by the way, what do people that get sick have to do? Oh, that's right. They have to go to the doctor and they have to buy more drugs to get, quote unquote, unsick. And of course, weather manipulation by various governments of the world, by DARPA, etc., through HARP, H-A-A-R-P, all caps, and the generation of microelectric and micromagnetic waves. I've brought you that in the weather manipulation series with some just startling visual images. And the weird weather that, you know, we're just all of a sudden in the midst of all this stuff going around the world and the economy and the food chain and the whole nine yards, we just happen to be experiencing worldwide this year. What a coincidence. And of course, many of these disasters, right, whether they're tsunamis or whether they're hurricanes or tornadoes or whatever, kill tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people per year. Many of the nastiness we don't even hear about. And of course, weather manipulation affects food supply, which we all kind of need to live and exist. And it affects water supply, which, gee, once again, we all kind of need to feed and live and exist. Diabolically clever. The next method, and let's talk about this a little bit in depth, abortions. So roughly 56 million lives were lost through abortions in the United States over the last year or two. 56 million. And by the way, that may be North America or it may be this hemisphere. It doesn't really matter what the geographical scope is because there's tens of millions of more in other countries, particularly the Western countries, where you know everybody has been induced through corrupt media conditioning and left-wing sterling psyops to believe that this is about women's health and women's rights and all this kind of stuff. It's exactly the opposite, as psyops always is. Ladies, it's about killing you off. 
It's about making sure you don't have offspring. And at the same time, they get to drive a divisive wedge between you and their political opponents, or between you and the other gender, or between you and other women, because division is the key, or one of the keys, to control. So abortions are kind of the perfectly executed population reduction campaign out of self-execution. Underline that. They don't make you get an abortion. They convince you that you have to have an abortion or you should have an abortion, you know, to save climate change and for economic reasons or for whatever nonsense they want to feed you and because it's your right. According to the World Health Organization, you know, your friend who wants to keep you and your offspring and your family alive forever, the World Health Organization, there's 125,000, give or take, abortions per day on the planet Earth. You know, it doesn't take long to figure out that if every one of those abortions kills a fetus, that eventually at least a large percentage of them would become adults and reproduce. You can follow that chain down the road, and those 125,000 abortions reduce future population by millions of people. Just do the math. Go out four generations. Kind of tied in with environmental manipulation and the food chain are genetically modified organisms. Their next preferred, and by the way, quickly advancing form of population control. So GMOs affect insects. They affect plants and they affect animals. GMOs are here. They're affecting us right now. They're affecting insects, plants, and animals right now. They will do more so in the future. And these GMOs do all sorts of interesting new quote-unquote things, such as mating with natural organisms to prevent them from producing natural seeds, you know, the kind that's healthy for you, using them as bioweapons. Oh, well, yeah, who would do that? And merging them with the technology to carry out even more impressive missions against the human population. We're going to talk about that here within this list, right? Transhumanism. Then we come to their next preferred method of population control. Obviously, two women engaged in a relationship are not going to have offspring. The same with two men. Transgender folks, particularly if they've had, should we say, man-woman altering surgeries, are obviously not going to reproduce. Now, you may chuckle at this, go, oh, that's not, you know, I mean, what effect would that have? Well, it has quite an effect. Think about the tens upon tens, if not hundreds, of millions of people around the world who have been convinced that they are gay, or they are bisexual, or they are transgender. Does this kind of play in with the psyops on all this transgender gay stuff over the last several years? You know, the frenzy that has been whipped up by governments and by press. The psyops that has induced a really significant portion of the younger generation to believe that ah, they're really not sure what gender they are. And by significant, we're talking, uh, there was a recent study, I believe at Stanford, 40%, listen to this, 40% of that student population believes that they are the wrong sex, they are a different sex, or that they're gay, or that they're transgender, or that they're bisexual, or non-binary. I mean, I'm not even sure of all the terms. These people are highly, highly unlikely to reproduce in their lifetimes. Once again, extrapolated out over four generations, the numbers of decrease in human population is mind-boggling. And a number of studies in the United States have shown, and we'll just take the United States right now, somewhere between 1.5 and 3% of the population, right? The population is about 350 million. I'm rounding numbers. That's 10 million, give or take people, 8 to 10 million, believe that they're gay. There's other people that they don't even count in the studies. This is 10 million people who are not going to reproduce which, by the way, affects 
10 million others of the opposite sex, whatever that happens to be, who would otherwise be their mates. And this explosion of same-sex images in the media, Hollywood content, Disney for kids, all the kids' programs and shows, this is a planned and executed psychological operation, folks. It's a PSYOP. And this PSYOP has been conducted with particularity and emphasis over the last 10 years on the human populations really in most of the continents around the world. And it's accomplished its mission of basically creating a self-executing population reduction program, you know, self-inflicted. You can see where they're going with this. They don't want to do the dirty work. They don't want to piss people off, particularly here in America with 150 million armed citizens. They just convince you it's the right thing to do. It's your right. It's this, it's that, it's the other. It's good for the climate. It's good for the earth. It's good for your pocketbook, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? You do their bidding without even knowing it. Remember the morals of the ranch story? It's not necessarily good to follow the herd. It's always good to think outside the box, to drop your normalcy bias, and to avoid the nonsense you're being fed by the powers that be, to whom your happiness, and in fact, your ability to breathe, to live, is of secondary importance, and in fact, a target to be removed. With the growth in gay and transgender and non-binary and bisexual, and I can go on down the list. With that growth, which is exponential right now because of the success of the PSYOPs, particularly in younger generations, the same-sex relationship drumbeat might be, in the end, the most efficient human population reduction tool that has ever existed. Next, let's talk about the food supply, another preferred target. And boy, this can really wipe out a lot of people or make a lot of people sick or eventually result in their death, all the while enriching those who control whatever the remaining or whatever the substitute food supply is. You know, it's that multi-bird kill with one stone approach once again. If you control the food supply for anything, any living organism, you control the organism. There's one other thing that controls them, too. We'll talk about that in a minute. Humans are no different than animals, folks. The food of humans has been under modification for several decades. It's accelerating now. All sorts of hormones, antibiotics, GMOs, and even outright drugs are being introduced in the food chain, all of which absolutely do, and in my opinion and the opinion of others, are meant to affect the human body in many ways. Sex drive, procreation, oh, here we go again. Obesity, early menstruation in females, reduction of testosterone levels in men, and overall hormonal imbalance, which, by the way, they have the new studies coming out absolutely prove conclusively cause sexual confusion and gender dyslexia. Oh, well, that goes back to what we were just talking about. This whole drumbeat about same-sex relationships and how wonderful they are for you. Particularly if, in addition to the psyops, you're being fed stuff that induces it on a physiological basis in your body without you ever knowing it. And the next method is transhumanism. This is pretty scary. This is the melding of men and machines, of human thought with AI. Basically, the merging of humans using sophisticated technologies which are introduced into your body by vaccinations which of course are not vaccinations can we spell the covid jab and other drugs some of which greatly enhance human intellectual physical and psychological capabilities and others of which destroy them or kill you 
Transhumanism, if it's fully implemented, folks, and I don't have time, I am going to cover this in future shows because it's really, really a big topic. Transhumanism, though, if it's completely and successfully introduced, think about it. It's going to completely eliminate the need for human population control or reduction by any other means. Because the technological quote-unquote enhancements would allow the creators of those enhancements and the folks who are making money sticking them in your arms or feeding it to you through the food chain or otherwise, it would allow these creators basically to be the the administrators, right? The, The puppeteers of their puppet transhumans and to control their body and mind. And this ties right in with the series I did on mind control. And it ties right in with what we are sharing together and what I'm hopefully opening your eyes to in government documents on population control and depopulation. And it also plays into, you know, you will be happy and you will own nothing. That whole crowd. Think about the social credit score that is far into implementation in some countries around the world, particularly China, and that is in the beginnings of its existence and perpetration here in the United States. Well, just think, they could monitor exactly how well all this stuff is working through their social credit monitoring and the feedback from the biosystems, the biotechnological systems, they've introduced into your body in various ways, air, water, food, injection, drug. Now, this may sound like science fiction to you, You may be looking at the radio or looking at the phone or whatever you're listening to this show on, whether it's AM or some kind of technological device, and you may think, this guy is cracked. This is science fiction. Really? Think outside that box, folks. Get out of your normalcy bias. Remember the rule when it comes to the government and the elites. Anything is possible, and they will do everything that is possible. And the last thing is economics which is going to lead right into where we're going next in this show. Because economics, if you boil it down to the nub, to its essence, it's how much money or whatever the exchange medium is that you need to go out and buy the stuff you don't have to live. I mean, literally, to live. That's what economics is. Ah, forget all the fancy stuff. That's what it means to you and your family. And they're playing all sorts of games with the economy. And now for the rest of the story for this segment or this portion of our historical series on depopulation and population control in more than one respect. So the Associated Press in 2009 reported on a, quote, New York meeting of billionaires Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, David Rockefeller, Eli Broad, George Soros, Ted Turner, Oprah, Michael Bloomberg, and others, unquote. The Times of London did a similar story. It was headlined, quote, Billionaire Club in Bid to Curb World Population, unquote. And this was a top secret meeting. So whatever got out was, you know, leaked by who knows who, who overheard whatever they heard. Quote, taking their cue from Gates, they agreed that overpopulation was a priority. This could result in a challenge to some third world politicians who believe contraception and female education weakened traditional values. And it was in February following that meeting that Gates came out with his we absolutely can't go over 8.3 billion people, which happens to be where we are now. Oh, I wonder if that ties in with COVID, the jab, engineered viruses being worked on throughout the world, the push for all sorts of vaccinations, which aren't vaccinations. They're gene therapies, as admitted in their own Pfizer, Moderna, and other pharmaceutical company studies. 
you know, the RMNA batch of medicines, which <laughs> we have no long-term testing on. Gee, isn't that convenient? And which the short-term testing was hidden. In fact, if you remember, Pfizer asked the court to hide it for 75 years. Hmm, what were they hiding? Well, we kind of know what they're hiding because it's coming out every month now. Next week, I'm going to tell you specifically what they're doing in the Western world, what they have tried to do over the last 10 years and currently in Africa and India. It will chill you. You've heard bits and pieces, but I'm going to tie it all together so that you can see after this background of the last several weeks how that is manifesting itself in PSYOPs, policies, implementation, and coercion around the world. And all this kind of ties into where we're going next, which is just a little update for you, because I have two absolutely terrific videos on BRICS, the Silk Road, the dollar, the demise really, or shall we say the crippling at the very least, of Western civilization, primarily the United States, Western Europe, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, etc. And I urge you to watch these videos. These guys are good. One is a Kitco, one is a Wealthion. They're under the audio bar, they're under Rat-a-tat-tat, they're under Family Safety. And even if you don't get through them in one sitting, although I think you'll be so fascinated you won't be able to stop watching or listening, I strongly recommend you listen to these. These affect everything you do, you think, you're able to do, and your life. Because the economy, as we discussed in the preceding segment, is one of those things that they're trying to manipulate to affect population control, both control and reduction, and depopulation. And you'll get the impression from at least one of these videos that this is all intentional. Folks, there's no way that the Western world, led by the United States, could be making the mistakes that they're making, you know, undermining confidence in the dollar, stealing other people's U.S. Treasury securities, i.e. Russia, knowing full well that that put the entire faith, credit, trust in the dollar at risk, as it has, that it would spur the BRICS nations and China on the Silk Road Initiative. In other words, it's too incompetent to be unintentional. But I'll let you listen and decide for yourself. An interesting thing tying into this economic equation, because I'm not going to go into details on Bricks and Silk Road. You have the videos, and I once again strongly urge you on the rightsideradio.com to listen and or watch them. Did you know that BlackRock, who of course have gouged the public, instilled the ESG doctrine in hundreds if not thousands, of companies by owning, really, a relatively small sliver of stock, 6 to 15%, and made trillions, that's not billions, that's trillions, out of the pocket of Americans and American companies, has now decided that, oh, the Western world and the United States, is, their economy and their dollar is a little too tenuous. Remember, these are the guys who played a major role in destabilization of both the economy and the dollar. And they're going to move, listen to this, 8 trillion, give or take, of their 12 trillion in assets out of the Western world, out of America, out of American companies, and into the, quote, as they say it, emerging, unquote, markets. I have a video of that up for you too. Rat-a-tat-tat, under the audio bar, and under family safety and economy. So how's that for dedication to the United States of America, which allowed BlackRock to go from nothing to $12 trillion in assets and arguably the position of the most powerful shadow bank slash company in the world? Ah, yes. Do you get a feel now for how deeply they care about America and for you? More on that next week. One of the things that's going to happen as this process plays out, and listen to those videos once again, please, 
and listen to my shows on the history of bricks, the history of the Silk Road. It all ties in. These guys have the time to give you details I can't in this show, but will all mesh with the stuff I've been bringing you for months, in some cases for years. It will definitely cause your light bulb to blink, as we talked about in the ranch story. And the founders quote, to think outside the box, think for yourself, cast aside that normalcy bias. So what happens when a currency is attacked? When a currency is devalued? When a currency is in a slow, twisting decline toward potential or, shall we say, probable collapse? Well, you have to come up with a new financial system, don't you? As you'll hear in the videos, the BRICs are working on a digital system backed by gold. Not gold interchangeable, but backed by gold or other commodities. I've been telling you that for more than a year. But it seems that America is using either this series of incredibly incompetent mistakes or an intentional diabolical plan to usher in the digital currency we've been talking about. And if you don't think this has been their aim since before COVID and their use of COVID and control during that whole scamdemic to get to this point, well, we disagree. We will have to agree to disagree. So I have some really interesting stats for you. So in 2020, Pelosi introduced this bill, which basically mandated a digital currency. Three days after she submitted it, it was stricken from the record. And then it came back whitewashed. No mention of digital currency other than in the most subtle forms without saying digital currency. By the way, screenshots of all these documents are up on the website. They're under the audio bar. They're under rat-a-tat-tat. They're under economy. You can read them for yourself, and they're very short. Three weeks later, after Pelosi's bill was uh, magically pulled and scrubbed, Visa took steps to implement a social credit score tied to credit and tied to people's ability to use their card, which, by the way, they're still working on. At various times in the last three to five years, Gates, who calls digital, by the way, better than cash alternative, unquote, the Clinton Foundation, oh, we can trust them, the United Nations, also our friends, the UNPFA, right, population control outfit I told you about in the historical part of that, series last week. Coca-Cola and lots of other Fortune 500 companies like Ford began to quietly switch their systems so that they could take digital payments only. And they're still working on it. You'll notice in these documents that the plan is not to put up digital in conjunction with cash or checks or whatever that we're used to right now, but to completely remove cash from the system. And then there's a really, really interesting website you should go visit, ID2020, which was put together, ah, yes, by Microsoft, Bill Gates, and the Gates Foundation, and the World Economic Forum, our friend Klaus Schwab. And this talks about how to implement and what they're doing to implement a personal digital ID, they call it. Why don't we just call it the social credit digital scoring system. Take a look at that website. See what they have to say for themselves. Don't listen to me. And now let's do some rat-a-tat-tat. We'll get as far as we can, but you know, I don't know how far we'll get. I mean, all this stuff takes time to explain. On the international front, things are bubbling and the American press is saying either nothing or virtually nothing. And all these things tie into the BRICS the Silk Road, the decline of the dollar in the Western world. I can go down the list. Everything is interrelated. Did you know the Wagner Group, right? Those kind of bloodthirsty mercenaries of Vladimir Putin are now in Mexico cooperating, quote unquote, 
How about allying with the cartels? Oh, well, that should be great for us, particularly with open borders. Did you know that Saudi Arabia, you'll hear about what's going on there in these videos, and I've told you, you know, the dollar, the hegemony of the dollar is predicated in large part about it being used for petro purchases, oil purchases all around the world through OPEC supply. In 1974, right after, it's all tied in, right after Nixon took us off the gold standard, August 15th, 1974, Kissinger flew to Saudi Arabia. He made a deal with them. He said, America is the most powerful country in the world and we'll protect you, but in return, you must only take dollars for oil no matter who is paying you around the globe. And Saudi Arabia stuck with that deal. Now they're being told by the current administration, once again, incompetence or intentional, that we're not going to need their oil in 20 years. We're going to be all green. Well, yeah, sure we are. And they have seen the decline of American power. I can go down the list. Vietnam, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan. And in Afghanistan, that absolutely disastrous withdrawal, which hurt us more than you know in the eyes of other countries around the world in many, many ways on many levels, that was the final straw. Do you know that the next day, the day after the Afghanistan withdrawal, Saudi Arabia made a joint defense pact with Russia and China. In other words, basically Saudi Arabia said, we no longer need, we no longer trust the United States, nor is the United States, based on what we just saw yesterday, capable of protecting us. And that began the road to the entry of Saudi Arabia into the BRICS, which they have formally applied for, and which they may be admitted to as early as August 23rd, 24th in the meeting in Johannesburg. And that also led Saudi Arabia to do the deals I've told you about in the Silk Road series, a $40 billion refinery in China. And it's also induced Saudi Arabia and the rest of the OPEC countries, this is all of them, it's OPEC, to cut oil production, which will increase oil prices, which does what? Oh, that's right, further attacks the dollar in the economy. Remember, all wars are economic. And finally, it induced Saudi Arabia to take payments in currencies other than the United States dollar. In fact, the Chinese deals are being done all in Chinese yuan. I'll tell you what, let's keep the rat-a-tat-tat to international stuff today. Not a lot of domestic stuff, because the international shapes our destinies just like the domestic stuff does. It's all hand-in-hand. Hand. So over in Niger in Africa, there was a coup, and the so-called democratically elected president, pretty much installed by the West, France, and the United States, was overthrown. And the rebels, gee, they're allied with Russia. And guess who's in amongst their ranks? Oh, there's our friends, the Wagner Group again. And what does Niger have a lot of? Well, it has lots of natural resources. How about gold? Niger also occupies a geographically strategic position because it touches seven other African countries. And the other countries, those who are Western inclined, are now mobilizing to have war with Niger to oust the Wagner Russia backed rebel government. This could be very interesting and it's going to create conflict and it's going to upset a little bit China's Silk Road initiative in Africa. France has a bunch of troops there, about 15,000 to protect its, you know, interests because guess where France gets most of its uranium for its energy, which of course is about its only source now that, that the Russian nonsense has occurred. Oh yeah, Niger. Uranium in Niger for France. And the United States has a thousand troops there too, protecting its interests. So the people of Niger think this is just a repeat of the old program, you know, Western colony. 
and they don't want to be a Western colony. And Russia's taking, very cleverly, full advantage of it. At stake, lots of natural resources and the stability, basically, of the African continent. By the way, as a sidelight, warmonger Victoria Newland, wow, unbelievable, who's now been promoted, if you can believe it, to Assistant Secretary of State. That's just great for us. She went there and she wanted to talk to the deposed president, you know, the American puppet, and the Wagner Group and the rebels basically told her to shove it so she didn't get her mission accomplished. And over in the UK, it has come to light that bioweapons labs over there are working on some new type of disease, virus, gain of function, what have you, and it's called disease X. Why would they be doing that, we ask? We're out of time. Remember, folks, think outside the box, drop your normalcy bias, open your eyes, and connect the dots. It will stand you in good stead. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Remember, look in the mirror, repeat after me, and repeat it with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. Oh, yes, we will. Keep the wind at your back. I'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side.